did take others with him, he still felt alone. We know what that feels like, or I should say, Jesus knows what we feel like when we feel alone. Um, and I thought like, that really stood out to me, that in the moments where we feel the most alone, it doesn't mean physically we're alone or even relationally. Hi there, and thanks again for joining us on Study with Friends, the place where we gather around God's Word together to study and encourage each other to look more like Jesus. I'm Paige, and we're currently in the middle of a five-week study on Holy Week. If you'd like to get the homework to help you follow along, or you want to re-listen to any part of this series, you can find it on our website, studywithfriends.org. Now, let's continue in our study. So we're going to move on to the Passover. We're coming on to the last couple of days. We're moving on to, I think it's Thursday. And I love this first miracle he does. So this is where he tells his disciples to go find a man with a water jug and tell him that we're going to go have the Passover in his house. And so this is so small and it's so impactful for me. I am now just a lover of Jesus's miracles because again, intellectually, I learned and I thought, okay, that all makes sense. And now I see all these subtle miracles that you would go, how on earth would he know which guy is holding a pitcher of water? And he says to the guys, go out and look for a man with a pitcher of water. And so in saying that what it means to me, what is that small miracle? Because that's the one that opened up to me. That's the one that really stood out to me. What does that small miracle mean to you guys? Did it look like a miracle when you read it or did it just, did you pass it by? did. I passed it by. I did. I think that's normal. Me too. I think it's normal too. I I think that's just a description of how we are in our everyday life though. Like how many small miracles do we miss on a daily basis and and dismiss them as they're not miracles. Mm -hmm. It's just it just yeah. is what's happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're looking for something bigger. Yeah. Oh, you were. That's right. the point. What mm-hmm. we're, right. we're calling miracles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So he says mm-hmm. to them, "Go find this place, and we're going to go up, and we are going to take the Passover." How do you guys see the interaction? So he tells all the disciples where to go. And so, what do you see? Is there anything else that you saw in the interaction? Did you guys see anything in that? Fatima, do I have you reading John 13, 1 through twenty? Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knew, knowing the father had given all things into his hands and that he had had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what am I doing? What am I doing? You do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean and you are clean, but not every one of you. 
for he knew who was to betray him. And that was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. That was John 13, 1 through 20. Thank you, Fatima. So just in that reading, one really vague question. What stood out to you? Truly, truly, he is a servant. He has come to be a servant. And how does he show that in a really practical way? Yeah, by cleaning feet because they wore sandals and so their feet were always dirty. Yeah, he took off his linens, right? He wrapped a towel around his waist, which was the towel that he then used to wipe their feet. So this was like, he was a true physical servant in front of them. And then he says to you, to us, let this be my example to you. Example. Mm -hmm. Right. So humility is huge, right? We know that humility is one of the things that he looks for. It's one of the things that I, I know I've said on a recording before, we can't strive for, right? We can't go, you know, I'm going to be the best humble person, right? Like that's, it obviously <laughs> negates itself. So in what ways can we be humble? What ways in the past have you recognized maybe that you've lacked humility or that this was a circumstance in which you were able to be humble? I think you're able to see your humility, whether it's there or not, in retrospect, yeah. as opposed to like in the moment. Um, because people have come to me and said things and said, oh, you were so humble to do this. And I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was doing what needed to be done at the moment. And oftentimes it's those most caring things. Wasn't humbling, I, I guess so. <laughs> but it's just what needed to occur. I could think of a time, well, times plural, actually, if I tell the truth. Um, where I wasn't so humble. Mm. Um, and again, you realize it afterwards when I look at some of the things that I allowed to offend me. Mm. And later you look back at, at it and realize, what were you getting so excited about? Mm. And that wasn't even about you. That wasn't about you. They offended you because of what was going on in them. But you took it as a dagger to your heart. So in doing that, thought too much of yourself. You know, you didn't see it for what was really going on. So that's when, and I'm glad that he provokes me to look back and critique myself. Yeah. Um, so you look back and you say, mm, I need some humbling. Yeah, forced humility is harder than given humility, I think. Yeah. For me, I, I recognize that in myself, whereas I'm, when I'm forced into a situation where I look wrong 
defeated, last place, right? Those those areas are harder for me than the ones where I go, oh, no, I'd be happy to serve you. You know, sometimes in my home, I'm happy to serve, right? I want to serve people. I want to clean up after those people and those things. And those might be might look humble on the surface, but maybe they're not so humble. Whereas if I'm forced into a losing position, even a losing argument, I have trouble losing an argument. I was going to no, I was going <laughs> to say what Jan was saying. When someone offends you, I, I was thinking, well, the actions of the mouth, like though the, yeah. those those offensive situations, that's where it's hard to be humble yeah. for me, mm-hmm. at, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a reflection of like the heart again. It's like those are prideful situations, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas physical actions of servitude are much easier to be humble in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can do that for you <clears throat> because you're not able to do that for yourself right now. But to take mm-hmm. some words in that may not be so kind are really hard or to put me in my place. Yeah. Yeah. So it brings me back to to work again and paying attention to people who are humble at work. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how you know, at the end of the day, you're getting ready to go and just to walk around and say, hey, do you need anything? Can I do anything for you? Like we have a couple people who do that and it's really nice and it's really humbling that they are taking the time when other people are like, oh, time's up. I'm out. See you later. And, you know, yeah. they could be there for another hour taking care of something. And it's it's interesting to watch people who are humble, who are servants. And I, you know... I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, yep, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. And then sometimes, you know, yeah. I will, because I've seen it, then I will, okay, let me start doing that if I have some time and if I have the heart for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't always have the heart for it. So, And that's what he's asking, right? There's no gain to ourselves in doing, like he does, he gets no gain no. from washing their feet. And he's still not just willing to do it, but it's important for him to do it so they can learn it. And so, yeah, I would think that yeah. even thinking, right, the, the people who work late overtime, which I'm like, check, as soon as it, yeah. that, that minute is up and I'm ready to go yes. and I'm looking for the next thing to do. And so staying and just helping somebody else at no gain to yourselves is beautiful. That's such a great thing it is. that you can see in other people. And it's yeah. a great example that he sends to us. And so mm-hmm. this picture, again, these reminders of this week, he just shows us exactly what he wants from him. You know, he shows us what he wants us to yeah. do in order to worship him. Going back to this is a worshiping moment that when we serve others, we're showing them what it looks like to be Christ. And we can't go wrong with that. No. Mm-hmm. Only in our inner sinful nature does that feel wrong. <laughs> right yeah, in our, right. Yep. that sin is going like no no you're no yeah and so in this then he does the he he performs the passover he performs communion excuse me so where he says um this is my body eat this bread and think of me and this is my blood and drink this and think of me and so when you take communion i know communion is different for all of us each church celebrates it differently it looks different what does this communion mean to you? How do you celebrate it and what does it mean to you? How do you celebrate communion, Jan? The same way with you have the little wafer mm. and take the bread and the juice and the wine. And, um, and right before, we're always reminded to make peace with whomever you need to make peace with in, in your 
heart before you commune. Mm. Um, so when I take it, I just am just reminded loudly of uh, what was done for me. Yeah, I love that reflection process. Mm-hmm. Just going inward and just, yeah, getting settled and having that peace. Yeah, the reflective piece is really important. Um, our church did something, the reflective piece, a little bit different this past month, which I really enjoyed. Not just reflecting for ourselves, but seeing it as an opportunity to reflect and be in relationship with one another. We were asked to sit with someone whom we did not know and then pray with them. Mm. And I thought, wow, like mm. that it, it was really meaningful to just come sit alongside a stranger and go to the Lord for their heart and their needs. Did you pray out loud with them? Wow. So that's even humbling of itself because that's a difficult thing to pray out loud for somebody. We've done done that before, I mean, years ago, but you're right. It's it's humbling and it's humbling for the the person you partner with, for them to bear themselves to you and tell you, this is what I need you to pray about. And then there's this whole you becoming them. Mm. Yes. Mm. You become them and you pray. Mm. It is, yeah. that's, that's you share it's, their burden, which, yeah. which was what the Lord really wants us to do yeah. is to share others' burdens. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a great way to yeah. celebrate communion. I've never heard that before, so that's really great. It was the first time I've ever done it, and I thought, yeah. this is the best communion I've ever had. Because it really yeah. wasn't, you know, about me yeah right yeah yeah you get to do many of the things that he asks us to do you get to love on others you get to remain in humility in some ways you get to be in prayer and that's great that's nice the way to do it speaking of prayer he goes to prayer after this so after they celebrate the passover he brings his 12 actually he brings his 11 Mm -hmm. because judas has left and so he brings his 11 to the garden and then he takes three with him uh, Peter, James, and John, and then he goes to pray. And we see he prays not once, but multiple times, which means obviously this is really important. Prayer mm-hmm. is being in communion with his father is imperative to him. And I think, again, we can take that as another really good example. So first, if there's anything that hits you about him being in the garden, and then after that, I want to talk about prayer. So before we talk about prayer, what hits you about him being in the garden? Any of the actions that he might take? I think there were a couple of things that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, while he did take others with him, he still felt alone. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, we, we know what that feels like, or I should say, Jesus knows what we feel like mm-hmm. when we feel alone. Um, and I thought like that really stood out to me that in the moments where we feel the most alone, it doesn't mean physically we're alone. Yeah. Yeah. Or even relationally. And he was alone because he had to handle this all on his own. This was him. He couldn't, the the Mm -hmm. disciples weren't helping him with it. This was something he had to do for all of us. And he was going to be separated from the father, which Mm. would be a (laughs) devastating, horrible thing, which obviously we'll go into, which, um, but yeah, he was alone. And so, you know, he had to handle that that way. Thanks. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. How important is prayer in your life? Where would I be? Mm. 
Well, she didn't. Yeah, it's your connection. Yeah, it would. It's literally the only thing that makes any sense. Like when everything else is spinning, you know, it's the only thing that makes sense. Why wouldn't you talk to your creator? Why? Why? Why wouldn't you? You know, even though I was that girl that didn't, I mean. That's what I was going to ask you. Were you always this way? No. No, I was not that. Yeah. Because I thought I was, how's that poem go? I'm the captain of my ship. and My fate and all that. I don't know that one. What's that poem? I don't know the title, but it's like I'm the master of my fate. Like you're over your own destiny. Okay. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Invictus, I think it's called. Yeah. Something. I don't know. It's been a long time since I read Um. That's what I thought. I actually believe. I actually believe that junk. Yeah. And you know, I know it's junk now, but once that was settled, then you have to pray. Mm-hmm. You know, to get your instructions, to get your do everything. You know, yeah. and when you study, you're always led to prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, when you learn something, when you see something, you love the way the Lord reveals Himself in so many different ways. And prayer, first of all. I think prayer takes a lot of forms. I think Maya Angelou said, thank you is a prayer. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of forms, right? Or you can look at something and say, no, that's good. Mm-hmm. And you know you didn't do it. So, Amy, how about you? So I've been a Christian for a long time. I wasn't, I called myself a Christian, mm-hmm. but I didn't have that relationship. And so I, I remember hearing about someone say, you know, when you pray, don't just throw everything on God. And then walk away. And I feel like oftentimes I did that. I would just, okay, you know, here's everything. Thanks. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing, do you go to the doctor and do you say, well, this hurts and that hurts and that. Thank you so much. That was great. And walk out before you get, you know, yeah. your instructions or your diagnosis or whatever. And I would often do it that way and then take nothing in and not hear the other side of it. So I think that was always a learning process to me to learn exactly how to pray and how to just sit and listen and be a part of that. The other thing I wanted to say is that thinking about Jesus going into the garden to pray, I went to Israel a couple of years ago and it's not a garden like, like we make a garden of flowers or of vegetables or, you know, anything like that. It's not necessarily a garden like that. It had trees in it fig trees and what they have now which may or may not be the same spot is a very small area that they say this is the garden and there's trees in there that are hundreds of years old not thousands so they weren't around when Jesus was there but probably the same thing and so it's interesting to me because when they were talking about going to the garden I would think of this you know lavender field or of you know something so beautiful but it was more desolate more tree like and so it's very interesting to me to put a more of a visual Mm -hmm. into what he's going through and you know when he says take this cup from me I can't do this Mm -hmm. and he listens right and that's even interesting too what he says it's not just that he communes with God, but what he says. He says, take this cup from me. Yeah. So we know as a human, 
which I love the both human and God dichotomy mm. of him as yes. a human, this is going to be really hard and he doesn't want to have to go through it. And even in a way he's fearful of it. Right. So it's so difficult. Yeah. And so even showing us over and over again, cause he goes back and then he comes and then he goes back and he prays and then he comes back to the disciples and then he goes back and prays again. And even in that he, he hears him and yet he goes back and he still asks to be released from the cup that it's just going to be really hard. And I love that compassion in him as a human. I just love it. I love to see it. I love to see what he's going through, that it's not easy, that he's not some, you know, superhero Mm -hmm. that can just stand there and take it. And it just gets me closer to him as as a person more than just this intangible pie in the sky thing up in heaven, right? He shows us. And again, that's why he came, right? It's one of the reasons why he came as a human was he says, "I'm, I'm like you. I understand you. I sympathize with you. And so I love that. Yeah. And being God, he could have, you know, all of the things that everything, you know, the, the curtain was torn and the earthquake that got the guys out of the jail during, Mm -hmm. you know, in acts and he could have, he could have done all of this, Mm -hmm. but he stayed in his humanness, which is over the top. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. And this teacher mode, Mm. it's not like he just said, these are the instructions and, and go and do it like these are the rules it was like he modeled it the the it's hard and i'm going to keep going back in prayer because it is so hard i'm not capable and that's what the relationship with god is supposed to look like like in good good and in bad circumstances right keep coming back to god to talk to him about whatever the circumstances are he didn't just like go in and like okay i i feel equipped and then you get out there in reality it's like oh i'm not so sure Mm -hmm. well it's okay to come back and (laughs) say all right i'm not sure i really Mm -hmm. have this god like i really need the spirit to lead me and kind of push me through. Right. Mm -hmm. And it gives us the understanding that the same can be done for us. It can be done for us. When, when these hard times come, he's going to walk us through it and he's still going to ask for those hard things from us. Mm. Bad things are going to happen. And you know, there's no miracle cure when we become Christians, which I absolutely thought there was. Mm. And I remember saying there wasn't because I can't, again, I came from a really very smart church. And so I knew to say the right things. Like, no, it's going to be hard. But I really thought it was going to be easy. Like in my mind, and it started easy. Like all these good things came from it and it started really easily. And then real life sunk in and, you know, the other shoe dropped, so to speak. And real life is real life. Yeah. As a human, we're just not going to live in this picture perfect world. Yeah. And he shows us over and over again that he's going to be there in the fire, the fire. Yeah. In the lion's den. He's going to be there. Yeah over and over again yeah and he is our strength mm-hmm. he is our companion he is everything to us and yeah. so and the prayer reminds us of that like, right so it's not that we're just going out and like and putting down our burdens like you said right and then right. walking away <laughs> is that it also yeah, equips mean. us to go through it and reminds us that he's there with us right. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you've found some great truths to apply to your life and some encouragement as you walk with Jesus. We here at Study with Friends are modeled more like a small group and want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry. And if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? 
Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that's a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email on our website, studywithfriends.org. We have plenty of other resources that are all free to you when you go there. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time when we study with friends.